Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Ew. Ew. Woo. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we say that every yeah, time. Yeah, we do. It we- was, I mean, once the season ends, there's not a ton to talk about, but right now, free agency. Holy there is a Moses. ton to talk about. Yeah, we uh, we have had an exciting few weeks. We went to the NFL Combine, uh, and then we sort of had this, like, well period where it was all corona. All corona all the time. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the beer. Yeah, I was going to say, not the fun stuff. Uh, corona's not fun. Corona but now is... we're going to be stuck in the house nonstop, so what else is there to do but make podcasts? I know, I, but can we be clear that Corona is the worst beer to ever hit the market? I very much like it, but Kate once cried because a guy offered her Corona when she I was, was already like, upset. I was like... Drunky. You're so yeah. drunk. No, I was extremely... You were with my parents that night, too. That's I was with your parents, uh, and some girl at the bar bought... Us birthday shots for her birthday? That yeah. was wrong. Like, that whole premise is and wrong. And it's tequila. Tequila always ends up in a bad, drunken state. But you made me take your shots. Yeah, because I don't take them because I know I get in a bad, drunken state. Yeah. Maybe I'm a, smart. That was a terrible disaster. But then at the end of the night, some guy offered me a Corona, and I started I started crying. He almost made my brother beat. You almost made my brother beat him up because well, he I thought didn't say <laughs> he he literally thought that that guy was coming at you in a mean way, and I had to tell my brother, no, no, he just offered he just, her a Corona. Yeah, I was very upset. Do not anybody anybody listening, do not offer me a Corona. I will take literally anything. Or, or else. do not hang out with us after we had a tequila shot. Oh my god, I can't handle it. All right, we have a lot of news to get into. Actually, basically, this is the whole podcast. Oh, yeah, we're just talking about free agency, what happened, and the implications it has, all these signings and not signings, what they mean for fantasy next year and, you know, for years down the road for Dynasty. So excited. Um, For those of you who don't follow us on Twitter, I'm sure you do. I'm Kate at FFBallBlast. And I'm Michelle at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. E-M. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. This just in. Breaking news. Breaking news. Tomorrow, or I guess probably today, if you're listening to this now, Wednesday, marks the start of the new league year. Yes, and you're very adamant about telling me that because I keep saying, you know, free agency starts Monday at twelve. Okay, but everyone, like all the big names now, have found their homes for the most part. It's legal tampering. I know they can back out, but the biggest one, Tom Brady, is actually no longer a New England Patriot. I did not think this was actually going to happen. I mean, I, I heard all the rumblings that. Everyone was, you know, pretty sure that he was going to leave New England. I didn't trust those until I actually saw it happen. Like, I wasn't going to trust it. I still don't trust it. He could still be back. He could still be back. I, like I kidding. said, it is the legal tampering period. It is not free agency yet. So yet. He signed with Tampa Bay. I did not see not that officially. coming. Okay, but he's going to sign with Tampa yeah. Bay. That's oh. not a team I saw coming. 
Until the, the you know the last couple of days, of course. When I was really convinced it would be the Chargers. So now the Chargers are left without a quarterback, and you have Tom Brady going to trash Mike Evans' dynasty value in the toilet. Do you think so? Yeah. I don't know. Chris Godwin will fill the Julian Edelman yeah, slot role. It's not going to be great. We have to even look back with like Brandon Cooks, you know, a deep guy. He had like his worst year. I mean, obviously besides this year with Tom Brady. Yeah. Yeah, Mike Evans is more of a To be fair, he didn't like play. Brady. Mike Evans is not a yards after catch guy. And no. Brady's guys historically likes, have been yards after catch guys. Yes, he likes those guys that... I don't even know if he likes plays. them. He, he pa- you know, he's a short passer. He enjoys those over-the-middle passes, um, those dump-offs to running backs. That's what I thought maybe he would want to go to the Chargers just for the fact that playing with Eckler, that would have been amazing. Yeah, he. I tweeted today he would have been the, the RB1. I think he had a much better chance of winning a Super Bowl with L.A., Chargers than he did with Tampa Bay. I do too. I think their defense is just a little bit more set than Tampa Bay's. I I feel like Tampa Bay's is still we don't really have an identity for the Tampa Bay defense whatsoever. But do you think they bring in a running back or they just stick with Ronald Jones? That's not a a good enough pass Mm -mm. catcher for Tom Brady, right? No. uh, My bet is that they have to be bringing in Melvin Gordon, right? Maybe or or Tampa Bay now has you know who just got released was Deion Lewis, yeah, a really cheap option that Tom Brady is comfortable with. I guess I'm bored. I'm bored. I know. Hopefully they bring in someone better, or they can you know always draft someone. So how does this hurt? So you already mentioned you think it brings on Mike Evans by how much? So he was a top five wide receiver this year. Uh, Where where do you think he falls? He's still top fifteen. Okay. But that's but, a pretty big jump for you. You're the Mike Evans truther. I love Mike Evans, but I just, like, he is very reliant. Like you said, Michelle, he does not create yards after the catch. He is a big, big-bodied, deep three, deep three guy that can go down the field and catch a ball. But, like, we saw with Jameis Winston, it... He he needs the ball driven down the field. He doesn't. That's just not the kind of play. He's not a possession guy. Also, something we're not thinking about for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin is that Tom Brady doesn't turn over the ball. Uh, Jameis Winston did a lot, and you might be thinking, well, that's good for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. No, it's not. You want the team to constantly be down. Well, a risky throws are great for wide receivers, but also if. Jameis Winston was constantly throwing like pick sixes or picks in his own, you know, side of the field, which was causing Tampa Bay to always have to pass to come back and stay yeah. in games. And there was never really a time where they got to just lay back and run the ball. That's going to happen now with Tom Brady, and that's probably a big reason why they wanted to move on from Winston so they could change their style. They're not going to want to throw it as many times this year with Tom Brady and as they do. had to do with Winston. But I think that points towards them needing to bring in an outside guy that can run the football. I know Melvin Gordon has not been the most proficient rusher. He's been good in the passing game, but um, I still think he provides you more of a rushing upside than a guy like a Deion Lewis or a Ronald Jones. Like, I I think he provides you the upside. They've got the cap space You want to hear a crazy thing by me. I think Ronald Jones right now could be better than Melvin Gordon. On the ground. You're going to have to eat a jar of mayo for that one. Yeah, I, I hope they just bring in someone else because I'm not pay- like, and it's also compared money wise. Like, I'd rather 
have Ronald Jones, and maybe he's not as good as Melvin Gordon, right? Especially not in the passing game. But I'd rather have 75% production from Ronald Jones than going to pay Melvin Gordon money. Like, that's just not worth it to me. Go draft someone else. The Uh, issue is for Melvin Gordon, though, that he's sort of proved he's not going to get the money. Right. Oh, for sure. He screwed himself. I mean, he's still sitting here on now, I guess, technically day one tomorrow. But yes, it will be three days. And he does not have a contract yet. Yeah. And, and we haven't even there's heard not a rumblings. Lot of, yeah, we haven't. We, we heard Miami, but we'll get to who filled his spot in a second um, or a little bit later. Does this help O.J. Howard come back to life? Mm. Is it Bruce Arians that doesn't use a tight end? I don't think it's Winston. I mean, he used O.J. Howard before Bruce Arians. I do think that, I mean, like, they, we saw them get Cameron Brayton involved. Not super involved this year. It's not like they were unwilling to utilize the tight end position. But, I, like, when I'm looking at O.J. Howard, he did not do himself any favors. We've talked about that awkward behind-the-back yeah. pseudo catch but was not a catch that, like. Turned into an interception. Yeah, like, not, he just didn't. He didn't play focused in twenty or twenty nineteen. I think twenty twenty. I'm gonna hope is a time for him to get his head on straight. And if I own him in dynasty, he's a hold for me because even with Tom Brady coming there, like I don't think people will spend a lot to get him from you. So I'm going to hold. See if his value goes up at all next year. In redraft, I'm I'm fine picking him because he's going to be such a late pick. Last year he was super early. That's why he hurt people. Like if you go and draft him in the 13th round next year in a redraft, it's not going to hurt you. Just like if you're punting the position, just try it out and that will probably be something I'll be doing. There are uh, so many other bad tight ends at that position. Moving on cuz we've been talking about Tom Brady a while here, but I want to hit on James White. This just Kills his value, right? Like, completely demolishes Bye. it. So we have no idea who's going to fill that position. Yeah. Um, New England Patriots, I don't know what they're going to do. I will we'll keep filling that in later. I think Julian Edelman can still be okay, uh, given that they bring in a quarterback. We'll see who it is. Nikhil Harry, I mean, I, I don't really want to touch him. Julian Edelman's very tied, very tied to Tom Brady, though. Do you think... He's getting well. Older. He's yeah. I mean, he's super old. Like I, I don't want to own Julian Edelman, and I wouldn't take him in redraft. But I'm just saying, like, do you think he? There's a surprise retirement on the horizon. That is interesting. Like he could totally retire, and I mean, unless he really believes in Bill Belichick and what they're doing, I think it depends on who they bring in as a quarterback. If you're going with Jared Stidham, I mean, maybe Bye. he could be good, but. Do you really want to go through that as an older wide receiver? I guess Larry Fitzgerald's been around forever, and, you know, he's hasn't yeah, had much of a chance. He's like the, uh, I don't know, I feel like Larry Fitzgerald, he's he's sort of been through that run of quarterbacks. He saw Carson Palmer. Like, he's, he's definitely a guy that's sort of played through the ringer. Um, I think Julian Edelman plays one more year, and if the team stinks, I think that's when he would hang it up. I don't know. I feel like a surprise retirement is coming. I'll oh, okay. should we make a bet on it? Yeah, let's do it. I'll chug a beer. Okay. On the next podcast if he retires. Not the next well, we have the whole okay, off season. Okay, whenever he retires Goodness on that next gracious. one after. And Nikhil Harry, I only like if Jameis Winston signs with Tampa Bay. Then I think that's an interesting thing. Then I'm buying thing. all of the Patriots and yeah. I don't think Julian Edelman should retire. But like you've said, we have taken far too long to discuss this entire topic. Um, I think we should move on and let's go line by line and and see what free agency has had to offer these guys. 
Next up, we've got young Teddy Bridgewater heading to the Carolina Panthers. What do you think of that? Bye, Cam. Yeah, I guess we should have expected this, that Cam was going to, you know, either be traded or let go by the Carolina Panthers, which we still do not have our answer yet. If they'll be able to come up with a trade, even though now that they signed Teddy Bridgewater. So the the thing that was released today was that the Panthers actually gave Cam permission to seek his own trade. Okay, but why would a team trade anything for him now when they know that they need to get rid of Cam because they just signed Teddy to a big deal. I right? think the 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 kicker would be if you don't think Cam would necessarily, like if you don't think you would have Cam's bid, should he be released and be a free agent? Well, yeah, he, he will be released. I mean, but that's that, what I'm saying. Like if if you want the rights to him, you gotta give something up. Yeah. So like it, the thing if, is, if he's released, then you get to create your own contract. You do, but but. You like you're gonna have to be competing with anybody else who also wants to create their yeah, own. Contract. I guess, but there's like three teams still left in play. I mean, no, I I, absolutely, I get it. But like, God, do you think Cam Newton would ever sit as a backup? Like, would no. that just be a thing that he would do? No, he no, I think retire? he would retire. I think I think Cam has too much pride for that. I, I don't think he'd sit as a backup, and he shouldn't. He's if he's not healthy, then he shouldn't be in the NFL. A it was even a backup because that means you can't play if they need you. And if he's healthy, he should not be a backup. He's a great talent. He, I would take him for the Steelers. Yeah. I mean. Over not, Ben at this point? Not if Ben's if he healthy, healthy, but. If Cam was healthy, would you take him over Ben? No, just because I'm comfortable with Ben and how he plays. But if Ben were to retire or not be healthy, I'd be happy with a healthy Cam. Okay. Well, Anyways. He, he ain't your backup. Yeah, it's not about Pittsburgh. It's about the Carolina Panthers and Teddy Bridgewater. And how does this affect the Carolina Panthers playmakers on that team? So people seem to be really excited that it's Teddy Bridgewater, you know, over Kyle Allen or, you know, who was Will Greer, I guess, for a second. Yes, Teddy Bridgewater is a great addition for the Carolina Panthers. And he will make that team better um, and hopefully win some more games. I don't know if he's any better for fantasy. Uh, I don't. I don't really see the difference here. People are excited about Curtis Samuel because he had all of these air yards last year, but Kyle Allen was not accurate and couldn't get him the ball. Now we have Teddy Bridgewater, whose average depth of target in 2015, the last year he played a full season, was seven and a half yards average depth of target, and that was 33 out of 38 qualifying quarterbacks. That's where he ranked. And then this year in the six or seven games he got the start, his average depth of target was 6.1, so way under that 2015, and that was 37th out of 37, so last qualifing quarterbacks. Yeah, that is is last last place for all the math nerds out there. (laughs) So if you're going to be fantasy relevant with a quarterback like this, which Michael Thomas was, he was peppered. Peppered with targets, Michael Thomas. Like 13 targets a game with Teddy Bridgewater. I'm sorry, Curtis Samuel's not going to see that, especially with DJ Moore on the other side. You're not going to be peppered with targets at all with CMC and DJ Moore. It's not going to happen for Curtis Samuel. Like, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. Do you think he has any trade value at this point? Yeah, because people are excited. 
I, I saw some people excited on Twitter that, you know, they have a better quarterback and maybe he can be accurate because he is accurate when he goes deep. He just doesn't do it a lot. And I, I think that's a reason Carolina wants him. He's safe. He doesn't turn over the ball. He can also, move down the field slowly. That caps your upside for fantasy. Like, if I can sell Teddy Bridgewater in a dynasty oh, league yeah. in, a, in a super flex. Oh, if oh, anyone then. wants Teddy Bridgewater in a super flex, sell him. Because especially Superflex leagues, quarterbacks are worth so much. It doesn't. It just has to be a body that starts. Yeah. And and Superflex is a, like basically a two quarterback league. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, you can start a quarterback in the flex, which everyone wants to do. Um, and Teddy Bridge. It's not worth it. <laughs> I, I looked in Teddy Bridgewater in 2015 as a full year starter. He was the quarterback 22 in fantasy Ooh. points per game. And uh, this year when he started, he wasn't much better. So he had like one game over 20 points. Not excited about him. That's not going upside. to be. Yeah. I, I think this is a great signing for the Carolina Panthers. Just not so much for fantasy. And DJ Moore should stay about the same. I mean, I, I don't see his growth, though. And I do think it's sort of a, a symbolic signing, if you will. Like, So you have Teddy Bridgewater, who, you know, he's been sort of trying to make his way back from that catastrophic knee injury. Um, found his way into the Saints offense which he he did look very good smart when, for him to go there instead oh, of Miami super super smart and he did get a chance to to show what he was made of you saw he still got it you know he wasn't the one sitting on the bench when there were passing attempts to be had he was the one throwing them which is good Teddy was very good in New Orleans but, but that does not mean he'll be very good somewhere else no you're also looking at Sean Payton you have a new coach in Carolina but I also think like it's just a symbolic thing a changing of the guard in Carolina Teddy Bridgewater comes in gets a fresh start in Carolina it's sort of this like perfect meshing of new coaching systems new GM new new quarterback I feel like it's a really good it's a good vibe. I think it's a good idea to bring in some new blood. And he could definitely win games. Like, I, I, I'm excited for him to win some games. It's just we're talking about fantasy here. So I don't want anyone to think we're rooting against Teddy professionally or think he's going no, to do bad. No, a beast. Yeah, and he, he could, came back from. I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like, I don't see that potential with him. But I, I, I like the signing for now for the Carolina Panthers. CMC going to be fine. Yeah. Going to be the same exact CMC. It's probably even better that Cam Newton's not coming back because he won't steal those goal line carries. Um, someone to keep an eye on, as we always say, is Ian Thomas. It's always a time to buy Ian Thomas. Always. Uh, but now that Greg Olson's officially gone, uh, in 2015, he did, uh, Teddy Bridgewater did target Kyle Rudolph 73 times. That might not seem like a ton. But that was the second top targeted guy on the team. Stephon Diggs had 84 targets. He was the most targeted player on the Vikings. And then it went Kyle Rudolph. So maybe Ian Thomas will be something with Teddy. I like Teddy. that. And I like that a lot. Low average depth of target normally favorites the tight end. And also, like, Ian Thomas, I have a feeling, is going to be a name in your, like, home leagues, in your redraft leagues. If they're not people that are... are scrounging fantasy Twitter for film, I feel like Ian Thomas is going to be a guy that you can get in the very latest rounds of your yep. drafts and win you your league. Or even off waivers yeah. after week one. Perfect. So we just mentioned, right, we're talking about Tom Brady in Tampa Bay and Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. That means two guys have no homes. And we still don't know if they're going to find a home as a starter 
in 2020, and that's Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. There aren't a lot of spots left. No. So, I mean, you know, thinking right now, New England obviously needs a quarterback. Uh, the Chargers, but they have a pretty early draft pick, so maybe they're feeling comfortable going into the draft. Miami, who we all expect to go all in on Tua or someone early on in the draft. Like, who else needs a quarterback, a starting quarterback? I do think it's become clear. I know the the rumblings were that maybe, maybe Miami would entertain tanking for Trevor. And I think with the load of, like, defensive signings that they've had in the last, like, 24 hours, it does not seem like they're tanking or they have any intent to even look at a tank in 2020. Does Jameis Winston go sign with Miami and play with Ryan Fitzpatrick again, and they can throw 60 interceptions? everywhere. um, And they could just tell him, you know, just swing, like, sling the ball nonstop. Like, let's let's go, let's go, and then maybe they can tank for If that happens, I'm taking Devontae Parker number one overall. Oh, my God, Devontae Parker would be so good. And Preston Williams. But, no, I don't want Winston to go to Miami. I don't think that's a good fit. I think the Chargers would be a good fit. I think the Chargers would be a great fit to have a... a they a, could just get a, a younger Rivers. I mean, they, yeah. Rivers always threw many, many interceptions. He was the uh, you know, league leader many years in interceptions. Well, and the thing about Jameis going to a team like the Chargers, you do have a really competent running back to take some of the pressure. I mean, we saw Austin Eckler. He was as good on the ground as he was in the passing game, you have a guy that can take some pressure off of the passing game with his rushing ability, and you have a guy who's more proficient in the passing game than any running back we've seen with Jameis Winston. And then talking about Cam Newton, does he go to a better team if he gets signed with the Chargers than with Carolina? I mean, you can't say that Kyle or uh, Keenan Allen is worse than D.J. Moore, and Mike Williams is definitely a step up from Curtis Samuel. How big of a drop is Austin Eckler from CMC? I mean, uh, it might not be as big as we think. Interesting. If he's healthy, I think that's a Hunter Henry. outstanding fit. Yeah. It, Better I think, defense? Yeah. I mean, schematically, I think... Cam Newton could be an MVP. Cam there. Newton does fit just like what the Chargers have already implemented for Phillip Rivers. Like, I think it actually benefits him more so when you're looking at... The offensive line, like, Phillip Rivers can't move. He's, like, running through molasses on every single play. And then we look at the offensive line in 2019, and they can't pass protect for anything, even if, like, Phillip Rivers' life was on the line. So, like, those those two things don't mesh, but you get— Yeah, but a quarterback like Rivers makes his line look worse. Yes, really because is. he's he's less mobile. He's not able to navigate the pocket quite as well if there is pressure, but— a guy like Cam Newton, who is mobile, can escape pressure and create his own plays in that way, it could be a really good fit if you have a weakness at the offensive line. And if they grab uh, Cam Newton, and I see no reason why if he's healthy they're not looking at Cam Newton. That should be a top priority for them. Then they can use that early first-round pick on, a, on an offensive lineman. The only thing that I think might deter teams from uh, Cam Newton is the fact that with the coronavirus going around, I hate to I hate to bring it up, but like teams can't do physicals right now. Okay, that's a good. That's so a good, like, yeah. if we do see a Cam Newton trade, if we see him cut, I don't think it's going to be right away. Um, I think it'll be June first, before June first, if 
uh, the Panthers do cut him. But if it's a trade, like, why are you going to trade for this guy right now when you can you put into the trade that he has to pass the physical? Yeah. Um, so that would have to definitely go into it. That would be really interesting. Yeah, that's going to be a hard thing to like go around. Hmm. It's, I mean, it's a super tricky part. I think the NFL has been encouraging uh, like teams to actually put those clauses in for any of these contracts that are signed early um, to put that stipulation about the past physicals. But it just uh, it's something you have to be a little bit more cautious about with Cam Newton because say you do tentatively sign him to a deal, uh, he doesn't pass a physical maybe like a month, two, three down the road. You've missed out on whoever else you need to, to go for. Okay. So moving on, we're talking about Cam or Jameis taking Philip Rivers' old job. Well, Philip Rivers went to said. Indianapolis. Wow. Shocker. I did not see that coming. I know. They made it very clear. Like, like they weren't talking to him. The Can last... you be chill? <laughs> like, obviously, there was some tampering. Uh, I it did take all the way into Tuesday for this to become real and pretty yeah. late into Tuesday, but there was rumblings about it well before free agency, even the legal tampering hit. So I don't know if how if do you know both sides are interested if if well, you're not I, talking? I think the I, I wonder I don't actually know the technicality of what they did with this contract, but. They announced that the Chargers and Phillip Rivers were, quote-unquote, mutually parting ways a while back. So I do wonder, like, was he cut? Did they just end his contract at that point? I or? don't think he was. I think he had to wait till free agency. Interesting. I think, I think he did. Maybe we're wrong. But, all right, let's see. Let's talk about how does this affect fantasy. Mm. Is T.Y. Hilton now the next Keenan Allen? He kind of already was Keenan Allen, you know? Those two are always compared to each other. Their styles seem very similar. They're both not guys that get a ton of touchdowns. They get targeted a lot. Uh, I, I think T.I. Hilton can just be Phil Rivers' Keenan Allen. And if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a good year. Um, Naeem Hines, RB1. <laughs> but <laughs> the Chargers uh, targeted the running back position at the highest rate in the NFL last year, and I uh, don't Rivers, think that's going to stop. Yeah, Rivers likes his his running backs, but again, he had a bad offensive line. Now he's going behind one of the best. Which is great for him. Yep, so maybe he can actually throw it down the field. What? That would be crazy. Um, uh-huh. One name that I do think is like a really underrated prospect here is Jack Doyle. Like, we're looking at the fact that Eric Ebron is no longer on this roster. Jack Doyle has been a name that I haven't heard in a month. Like, Yeah, he's still, he's still signed he's, there. He, he he's got a contract team. extension. What about Mo Alley-Cox? Is that ever going to happen? No. If it would, it would be with Philip Rivers. No. Jack Doyle can't stay healthy. He's no. going to be their tight end. It's not that he can't, like, he, he's perfectly healthy. He had, like, a lacerated kidney. I like, don't know, dude. Can, he can't stay healthy. Somebody cut his kidney. He can't stay healthy. Leave him alone. What about Paris Campbell? Rookie last year. He was hurt. He was hurt most. Well, you can't buy him alone now that Rivers is there. I feel like people are just going to be excited any time a new quarterback comes to town. This is not the time to buy him. Well, I don't then think. I'll sell him. <laughs> Everybody's yeah. excited about him. We'll sell him. Whatever. Yeah. I don't think he's going to be the next big thing, but... Um, I mean, if somebody in your league is is sleeping on him, and well, like, what would you be willing to pay for Paris? Nothing. I don't know. I don't really want him. I, I think T. Y. Hilton. This Second round pick. Twenty 
2022 no 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 he was a 2019 first i don't care i don't want him i just don't want him so philip rivers does actually you know spread the ball around but i i think this offense is going to go through t.y hilton marlon mack or whatever running back they bring in i do think melvin gordon would be a very good fit here I bring him back with his boy Philip Rivers and let Melvin. Oh yeah, behind a fantastic <laughs> offensive line, let Philip Rivers play with Melvin Gordon again. Pass that wow. ball to him. Yeah, it'd be fantastic. Mind is blown right now. That, yeah. Do you want to hear a real mind blown? Like yeah. for real, for real. Blow my mind. For real, for real. Yeah. Mind blown. <laughs> Are you ready for this? No. Our audience isn't ready for this. DeAndre Hopkins. Traded to. So they said. The Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's fine. You know, the Arizona Cardinals should have a good offense. What they got back for trading DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> makes no sense. So they traded. Houston traded DeAndre Hopkins and received David Johnson. <laughs> uh, that sucks because David Johnson's old and is not very good on the ground. And he has a massive contract. So instead of, like, I thought anyone trading for David Johnson would have received a pick. No. Oh, yeah. Um, no. I mean, they did, they technically, well, yeah. got it. so it was DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth. Yep. For uh, David, David Johnson. Johnson, a second and a 2021 fourth. Yeah. Literally, as soon as that news broke, I sent that same exact offer They got a second round pick yeah. for DeAndre Hopkins. That's, I, we got. How? How? The Steelers got a third round pick for Martavis Bryant. Oh my goodness. That, I mean, it's it's absolutely unreal. Well, even the trades we saw go through in the same exact day yesterday that we'll talk about later were better than this trade. Yeah. This, you just gave away DeAndre Hopkins, and I don't care how it turns out. I don't care if, you know, David Johnson ends up being good or you end up hitting that second-round pick and, you know, ends up being a great pick. You still sold them too low. Like, yeah, you should have gotten still a first-round pick too. Yeah. Like, that's still the point is you can never win this trade because you still sold too low. Even if DeAndre Hopkins stinks in Arizona, you still could have got a whole lot more in this trade. It does not matter. You cannot win this trade. He is the best hands in the league. I think all of this move has shown us is – Bill O'Brien is not a general manager. You cannot have a mediocre coach be the general manager of your team. No. It, you should never have the coach be the general manager of your team. Besides Bill alone. Belichick, yeah. that's Besides him, no one else should be. But Bill Belichick is a guy that doesn't get emotional. He doesn't, like... Oh, yeah. He's like, peace. bye, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> peace. Like, thanks for your 20 years. Yeah. Thanks for the rings. Like, bye. He's, he, yeah. He, he doesn't play... With emotion, I think he's just a really rational guy. But you have a guy like apparently DeAndre Hopkins and Bill O'Brien didn't mesh, or like they, I don't care if you mesh. Yeah. He's got literally the best and hands. How in the are NFL. you not meshing with DeAndre Hopkins? Like he's never made a peep in his up career all the time. Yeah, like what more do you want? He doesn't make any noise in social media. He doesn't say anything after the games. Even when he had garbage quarterbacks, he never said squat. He just played and played great. Oh, this trade irks me. How does this affect Kyler Murray's value in fantasy? Oh, it uh, he was He was uh, a quarterback 8 this year as a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, And now he QB, has DeAndre Hopkins. QB3, QB4? Yeah, I mean. And like he did that with no like he had Larry Fitzgerald, but like 
He had no like he had stand old Larry out. Fitzgerald. Yeah, That's he had not, old Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. He had no wide receiver one. Like this gives him a true wide receiver one. And I know Larry Fitzgerald is a wide receiver. Like I'm not saying but that. They're but they're also it gives going him... to. They have to focus on fixing that O line and. I think I think they definitely will. They still have their first round pick somehow, even though they traded for DeAndre Hopkins, and they're in. The... I feel like the NFL should just take that away from them because, like, <laughs> no, like we gotta balance yeah. that somehow. They'll definitely take a offensive line there. Or I say definitely, but I'm saying they should. They should. They should, and I think they will. So that should help out a bit. Or they should start rebuilding their defense because Patrick Peterson sucks. Yeah. They need, like, they actually... For if, fantasy, I would love them to only focus on the offensive line and let the defense suck. No, but, if, like, when you're building an NFL roster, though, you're giving Kyler Murray all of these tools, place a transition tag on Ken and Drake, which um, gives them exclusive rights to, what, deny any initial offer? Is that how that works? So they can match any offer. If they do not match it, they lose them, and they don't get a round. Like, they don't get any round picks. And why wouldn't you? Honestly, like, when you're looking at the fact that the Texans just took on the load of David Johnson's contract, that gives you money to play with. Your quarterback's on a rookie deal. Go pay Kenyon Drake for three years. Give him a... Well, now that David Johnson's gone, they're going to have to. Or they'd be stuck with Chase Edmonds, who is a, a decent back, but I don't think he could be a lead back for an entire year. He's not really that type of guy. Here's the spicy take, though. I, I think... Despite the fact that he is playing with Kyler Murray, who's the a QB one in his rookie season, I do think this hurts DeAndre Hopkins like big time. Oh yeah, changing teams anytime hurts him. And Deshaun Watson, I do think, is a better passer. I would than not be surprised Kyler Murray. to see him finish as a wide receiver two Ooh. in twenty twenty. And like, th- so that comes for two reasons. So I actually I think DeAndre Hopkins like. If I'm going to trust any guy to switch teams and, and make good out of it, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I, I don't have any concerns about that. I, I do think that lowers his ceiling, maybe gear one in that offense. But I think my biggest issue is with just the general scheme of the Cardinals. Like, we've we've heard this, like, as soon as Cliff Kingsbury went into Arizona, like, this guy plays, like, backyard football. Look for the open man. Get guys open. Throw to them look for the open guy. Like, I do think they're going to have to shove some targets in DeAndre Hopkins' direction, but I I still think at the same time you do have all those concerns where, like, they're just going to find the open man. Yeah, and anytime a guy t- changes a team, you have to think his value goes down a little bit. I- I'm with you there. I-, I don't think he falls out of the top 12. I still think he'll be top 10. But it's not, you know, we're used to seeing him as a top three wide receiver consistently. And I don't think we get that this year, unfortunately. Uh, so how does this hurt Christian Kirk? I think it hurts him pretty greatly. His yards per reception is just so low. It's too low that if you want him to be fantasy relevant week in and week out, he's going to have to be a target monster. I'm talking like 130 plus targets, probably really closer to 150 targets with, you know, his yards per reception being that low if you want him to be a top 12 wide receiver ever. And that's not going to happen now that DeAndre Hopkins is there. We were hoping maybe he could, you know, take over that wide receiver one role when Larry Fitzgerald finally retired. Well, Hopkins is going to be there for a long time. Yes, he will be. Well, 27 years old, even though we everybody... We expect him to be, I guess. Everybody wants to make him out to be a dinosaur. 
I did think Hopkins was going to be in Houston forever. And he was one of those guys that I just saw him as like just as I, I thought of him as more so the face of the franchise than I did. Uh, Deshaun Watson. Yeah, what he finally got a good quarterback. Like you finally gave him a good quarterback, and then you ship him off. Oh, Deshaun Watson has okay. to be so pissed. How does this hurt Deshaun Watson then in fantasy? Because he was a quarterback three this season. You're taking away his favorite target, and we really haven't got to see Watson without Hopkins because Hopkins is always healthy and never misses games. All reliable. Even I... more, it doesn't make sense for the trade, but. So my my thought process. Um, Do you think they you, meant to trade Will Fuller for the second, and then taking on David Johnson's oh contract? Oh my god, paperwork error! Like there was, like, you know, they're clicking on the names, and you're, they're scrolling through, yes. and then they just clicked on the wrong name, and they, then they're too embarrassed to bring it up now. Yeah, it's super awkward. Because that actually, this trade would make more sense if it was Will Fuller. I would totally, yeah, I would actually understand this trade much, <laughs> much yes. more. I would not be, I would be much less shocked. I'd be like, ah, that. Probably overpaying for Will. No, Fuller, I don't think so because you're taking on David Johnson's contract. Uh, that's right. That's I true. think it'd be super fair. Honestly, you'd just sort of be swapping their contracts because Will Fuller's got a massive, massive contract in 2020. You basically swap those guys out. Okay, you need a running back. I yep. need a wide receiver. But like when you're looking at the fact that, like, it's DeAndre Hopkins. When you're thinking about the fact that Mohamed Sanu was traded for a second oh last my God. season, yes, Will Fuller could be traded for a second. Anyways, that's not what happened. The team still has Will Fuller, does not have DeAndre Hopkins. Mm. Where, how far does Deshaun, 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 Deshaun Watson fall in fantasy? I, I, I love him. I still think he's an RB, or RB, QB1. Okay. Um, and here's why. I think you take away his Well, he's favorite. definitely still a QB1, well, yeah, but like but how far? I, I, he's a quarterback three, Kate. I'm going to make you tell me right now. How QB6. far does he fall? Quarterback six, Okay. I, him and Kyler swap places. <laughs> okay. Um, and I, I do think, like, I'm not super concerned for him, but I think it's because he's a guy who tends to take off and run if he doesn't like what he sees in the passing game. Like, he's a he's a smart quarterback. He's very athletic. Is not afraid to run either. Like, he's he's not afraid of taking hits. He's not a Tom Brady. He's willing to, to take contact. I think... If you take away his favorite target and you don't provide him another stable wide receiver, uh, and I'm not talking about you, Randall Cobb. Yeah, so Randall Cobb was signed yesterday after this deal <laughs> for three years, $27 million, $9 million a year, which, by the way, is only like 2 or $3 million less a year than Deshaun Watson was making, or Deshaun, uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins. Oh, my gosh. DeAndre Hopkins was making, but yeah, is Randall Cobb going to step in and be the man there, or can Will Fuller, is this the year that Will Fuller is finally healthy? Can his hamstrings hold tight? No. Does he get surgery where he just gets new hamstrings? Surgically enhanced hamstrings. Yeah, Uh, he better get on those PEDs real quick. I just, I don't understand what they're doing. The Texans are a mess. If I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm pissed, but I... I honestly would use this as a buy-low opportunity for Deshaun Watson and hope that... Another thing no one's bringing up is they always say, okay, well, when Will Fuller's in the game, Deshaun Watson is a better quarterback. Like, he puts up more production. But Will Fuller has always had DeAndre Hopkins across from him. Is he going to be that good of a wide receiver and that big of a distraction if teams aren't doubling Hopkins? 
Probably not if he's not on the field because he has a hamstring. True. And what are we thinking about David Johnson now in uh, Houston? Don't care. All right. So we don't care at all. Like, you know why I care? Why? Because I'd like to sell him and get him the hell yes. off of my roster. Yes, if you own him in Dynasty, this is your selling period. He was worth nothing, and now he's worth something. He was not good on the ground whatsoever in Arizona. His efficiency was beyond terrible, one of the worst in the league. In 2019 with Arizona, I think it was a better scheme for him, too. And we saw the other running backs do just fine. So don't go blame the offensive line. And this is why I think it's silly anytime we blame the offensive line, because, like, Good players make it happen. Don't, and don't get, start talking. Kenyon Drake made it happen. Even Chase Edmonds, when the starter, he made it happen. David Johnson can't. And he, they made it happen, like, so hard. But what doesn't make sense to me is David Johnson excels in the passing game. Well, Deshaun Watson doesn't use his running backs in the passing game. This is what we talked about when Duke Johnson went there. And guess what? Duke Johnson was not used nearly enough in the passing game. Reminder, they traded a third-round pick for Duke Johnson. (laughs) And then got a second-round pick for their star-wide receiver. All the math adds up. Yeah. All right. Well, a better trade happened later that day where the team actually got reasonable, actually beyond reasonable, um, compensation for their star-wide receiver. Stephon Diggs traded to... So they said... The Buffalo Bills. That I was not expecting. I actually wasn't either. I we mean, want to talk about Philip Rivers going to the Colts. <laughs> I, I, fully I there was that. a little bit of rumblings, but I feel like there always are rumblings about players going to the Buffalo Bills, and then it never ends up happening. But I think like all of these rumblings were mostly Stephon Diggs just putting things on Twitter. Oh, yeah, he wanted to go. Um, so Made it very clear. They found him a new team, a new home, and it's in Buffalo. I love this fit. I love this fit for the Buffalo Bills. And I love this fit for, for a team and for them winning uh, more games and you know just producing more yards. I do not like this for Stefan Diggs in I fantasy. Love this. In fantasy, yes. You're looking at a team who has, I, I think they had 47 more passing attempts than the Vikings. Like I know it's just 47 pass attempts, but. Like, that is what Stefan Diggs wanted, and that was why he was such an angry, feisty little man. He wants to be the focal point of your offense. So when you're looking at a, a team who, they, they didn't really have an identity in 2019, this guy could give you that passing identity, can give you more of a, like a true wide receiver one than Josh Allen has really ever had. For sure, he will be the best wide receiver that Josh Allen has ever had and will play that wide receiver one role. I'm just worried because Stephon Diggs had a massive outlier year in 2019 in regards to yards per reception, all the way up to 17.9. His normal career average is 11.6. That's including like averaging together his first four years. It's not like one of those years is super low and that's what's bringing it down. Like, no, they were all right there, right around that 11 mark. And then he shot all the way up to 17 for, like, no reason at all. So that's why he was productive this year, even though he only had 94 targets. He's going to have to get back up to that 150 target mark if he goes back down to his normal career, like, yards per reception. And I'm not sure he can stay at 18 yards per reception in Buffalo. Like, we saw John Brown was a, a deep target guy, usually in his career, but... 
He was at 14.7, you know, in Buffalo. Which I think is, I think that's a reasonable expectation for Stephon Diggs. When you look at the fact that he had 17.9 yards per reception, you also have to look at the fact that among all wide receivers with uh, 50 or more targets, Stephon Diggs ranked 10th overall in terms of air yards. So he was at, he was being targeted down the field, or sorry, tenth overall in average depth of targets. So, yeah, that's why he was all the way up at eighteen like yards reception. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just that he had all of these super efficient plays that like w- were reliant on yards after the catch. He was he was being targeted down the field, and I don't see that being any different. I don't know, man. I'm I'm weary about Stephon Diggs. You have a guy that likes chucking that ball up. He's got arm strength for days. If you go to look at when Stephon Diggs had his good games this year, it was against garbage, garbage, garbage teams. Like, at teams that they could run against, too, so you can't even use that excuse, but it was like, it was Washington, Philly, and Detroit. In that Detroit game, Darius Slay got hurt really early on. So they had no one else to guard him, and that's when he went off. 60% of his total receiving yards and 67% of his total touchdowns came in five games this season. And the other 10 games, because he missed one, like he always does, a couple at least, uh, he, in the other 10 games, he averaged 44.8 yards and .2 touchdowns per game. He's always been inconsistent for fantasy, and you can blame that on the Minnesota you know, offensive play calling. But I don't know if that gets different in Buffalo. They have a fantastic defense. Are they going to need to pass a lot? Are they going, like, and Josh Allen isn't the type of guy that just targets one guy over and over. Like, John Brown felt like that guy this year, 115 targets. Cole Beasley somehow had 106 targets. Weirdly enough, Josh Allen can spread the ball around. And I I I don't think that stops this year. I don't think he just all of a sudden just hates John Brown and won't pass to him. Like, he was his dude this year. They built that connection I think Stephon Diggs either stays around the same for fantasy production, which is a very inconsistent fantasy player, or he gets worse. Okay. I don't see it getting better, but you think it gets better? I do. I like. I I think this is sort of he basically his played ideal. this year as a wide receiver one. I mean, Adam Thielen barely played. No, I agree. But like the games that he played as a wide receiver one, he rocked it. Like yeah, he, against Washington. Detroit without Darius Slay and Philly, the worst secondary Look at the division. of all time. Look at their division. They're still in the AFC East. Yeah, like I mean they changed. did get Bry- Byron Jones, Miami. That would be hard. I no, I I absolutely see your point there, and I do think that Dolphins look like they may have loaded up on on defense, but spending money in free agency doesn't always equal yeah the production. Now and then he, oh Stephon Gilmore like those are not those are four really hard games just off the bat and I I'm just not even thinking about who the Jets top corner is right now all I can think about is Jamal Adams safety but I don't know I don't know if those are going to be easier than than when he was in no but like Minnesota. you have to cover both Stephon Diggs and John Brown oh like, that's why I love John Brown this year because you're going to be able to get John Brown ten rounds later in redraft. And he's going to produce very similar numbers. I really no, I, I definitely I don't agree or don't disagree with you. John Brown's certainly the better value there, um, and they both have similar upside. But I, I just think that you know what hasn't happened yet for Buffalo. What they haven't signed another running back yet. That's because everybody thinks they're going to draft one. 
But why? Okay. Anyways, moving on. Cleveland, talking about running backs, they placed a second-round tender on Kareem Hunt. Love it. Super smart move. Yep. I I don't think anyone will be willing to pay a second-rounder for Kareem Hunt. Kansas City Chiefs? (laughs) That would be pretty stupid of them. That would be such a great fit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to cut him and then s- send over a second rounder. Like, there's this running back class is nice. They can get someone else in the second round. Um, I, I think Cream Hunt stays with Cleveland. And even if someone wants Cream Hunt and they want to, you know, pay up for him and pay that second round, Cleveland still has a chance to match whatever that team's going to pay. So, And I do, like, I, I think uh, you posted on Twitter today something really interesting about Nick Chubb splits with Kareem Hunt in the game, which I don't think are... They're like, real, real bad. They're real bad. They're and real, I don't real bad. nobody talks about them. So, like, tell our listeners a little bit about so, those splits. Um, especially in PPR, but even in standard because the touchdowns are so different. But in PPR, when he played eight games without Kareem Hunt this year, he was on pace for 315 PPR points, which would have put him um, as a top three running back um, in points per game. And then with uh, Cream Hunt in the game for eight games, he was on average, or he was on pace for 208 PPR points, which would have made him the running back 22 in fantasy points Those are a little different. That goes drastic. Uh, I mean, he was on pace for 64 targets without Hunt, went all the way down to 36 with him. His touchdowns went down from twelve to four, and I don't know. I I don't know if that has to do with Hunt or just you know happened to be those games. But if he's getting taken out of the game more often, he doesn't have that same opportunity to break those runs and to get those touchdowns. He was still on pace for a lot of rushing yards, but that did go down by a massive chunk as well. He was on pace for sixteen hundred rushing yards before That's Cream Hunt came. Bizarre. That and is then, like the quietest. Yeah. Quite a 16-game pace for 1,600 yards ever. But then if he would have played out his 16 games with Cream Hunt, he was on pace for 1,382. That's still a lot, but his rushing yards was nothing. His receptions were nothing. His touchdowns were way down. And that's the difference between the fantasy points. So, yes, Cream Hunt staying there does scare me for Nick Chubb. I think Nick Chubb's a fantastic talent. But, I mean, he's going to get work taken away from him. He is, and, like, I mean, Kareem Hunt had three touchdowns. Kareem Hunt the, was very usable. Oh, he was, he was very pro, proficient. Most, mostly in PPR. Like, if you yeah, were in absolutely. a PPR league, he wasn't. But you could totally throw him into your running back two spot or flex play or flex spot and feel good about it. Oh, yeah. And, uh, I mean, 80 total touches in 2019, average 5.8 yards per carry. That's exactly what he averaged in 2018 with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's insane. Yeah, he's good. He's he's super good. He's super talented. He needs to screw his head on straight. We'll see if that happens. If I mean, he's... In one, two, three, four, five, six games, six of his eight games that he played, he had over 10 fantasy points in PPR for a guy that's not a lead back and that just came back from suspension from a pretty big deal where he wasn't hasn't been in the NFL world for a long time. That's really good. And one more thing I'll mention with Kareem Hunt, um, he did have uh, an incident this offseason. I believe he was uh, found with possession of marijuana. Like, if you're a 
if you're a team and you're looking at the potential running backs in this draft class, where are you going to pay a second rounder for Kareem Hunt? Yeah, he's when still. He's probably going to bring a, a dime bag of weed. <laughs> to and he's facility. not getting in trouble for that. I think they already mentioned he'll be fine. But it's just the point, you know, he has that baggage, just, and he's going to be money. You don't want to spend a second rounder on that. Like, he's going to stay in Cleveland. I'd be shocked if something else happens. You get a guy like Zach Moss in the third. <laughs> Another another man who joined the Cleveland Browns yesterday, not official yet, but will be official tomorrow, Austin Hooper. He signed with the Cleveland Browns four years, $44 million, the highest paid tight end right now. Were you expecting that? Um, I figured since he's like the only tight end available after Hunter Henry got, um, got the franchise tag that but he'd like, get a the- big... Contract, but I didn't expect to Cleveland the Browns. Browns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that was they a shocker. David and Joku in the first. Yeah, and, and does he, he get traded now? So that that I think has been the interesting point. So they bring in Steph, Kevin Stefanski to be the head coach of their team, and this is a guy that's run a lot of two tight end sets. But why? Why do people keep saying that? Like what? Why? Like he just became the offensive coordinator for the first time last year. Because the team brought in Irv Smith and Kyle Rudolph and both of them sucked for fantasy and both of them got under 50 targets, he's all of a sudden this, like, big two tight end guy. No, but what I'm – like, he utilized both of them in the same scheme. So, like, both of them were on the field enough. So there is a world – Maybe. And I think it had more to do that Kyle Rudolph was a veteran and Irv Smith was a rookie that they were trying to get involved more than he wanted to use them both. And maybe I'm just making this up, but it didn't really seem like they were meshing well out there, you know? It's not like, oh, my God, look at him always getting him open or they're killing it. No, but, like, if you want to, like, especially for the Browns who have a weakness on the offensive line, if you want to load up on tight end and utilize those two tight end schemes, like that's that's beneficial for your run game, especially if you have a weak offensive line. So yeah. I, like, I don't I even I don't think Austin Hooper or David and Joku are very good at blocking. No, but but they're still on the field. Like it, it definitely like if you have them in with the perception that they might be blocking, it I mean it's it's always going to benefit your team. So I could understand a world where they could keep both of these guys on the roster. And if that's the case, I don't want either of them. Oh no, yeah. If they're both on the roster, they're going to screw over one another in regards to targets. It will literally be Irv Smith and Yeah, it, it will be. I, I wouldn't be surprised if either of them didn't get over sixty targets. And but I do think David and Joku will be on the David and Joku will be on the trading block only for the fact that he already was. I mean they've already been talking about that that he might be traded. So now that they sign Austin Hooper to this massive contract, what's the point of keeping Njoku? Like, go trade him now while he still has value instead of keeping him again for another year, and then you're just going to lose him in free agency. Like, because you're not going to pay him too. For Njoku would be, uh, I was thinking, uh, I was thinking Atlanta, but they went and traded for another guy. Uh, The Patriots without knowing, or without Brady, no. I can't even think of a spot. Honestly, Indy, 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 Indy. No, Jack Doyle has it under no, control. No, no. I mean, there there'll be plenty of spots for him. Uh, Green Bay could use a tight Tennessee? end. Tennessee. That's what I said. Walker. But people are really big Johnu Smith fans, so don't say that. Uh, but I, I do veteran presence. I love sort of. Yeah, I think Johnu Smith might be actually more of a veteran than 
and Jogi. Really? Or it's similar. They might have been drafted in the same year. I don't know. Very similar. Perception, man. I know. But (laughs) I would love Njoku with the Titans. I would really love to see I could definitely see him with Green Bay, though. And that might not be great for fantasy because Green Bay normally doesn't create very good fantasy. Dallas? Interesting. It's, It's... In the NFC, so you don't you don't worry about trading him to an AFC competitor. For some reason, I can't picture that name in Dallas. You know how sometimes you like picture it. Yeah, I can't picture. It might it. just be an us thing, but I mean, Jason Witten's moved on. We can we can address that to the Raiders. So exciting. Yeah, we're not even going to talk about that because that doesn't matter. I want to get back to Austin Hooper. So even if they trade David and Joker, right? I don't want a single piece of Austin Hooper. Get away from me. There is no room for him to succeed in fantasy on this team. Like, look at the tight ends that were dominant last year. Kittle, Ertz, Waller, uh, even Kelsey in a way, even though there are other options on that team, but he's still the second best pass catching option. But these guys are the focal point of their offense. There is no way Austin Hooper is going to be the focal point of this offense. They couldn't with, even make OBJ yeah, the focal yeah. point of OBJ, their OBJ, Landry Jones, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Like, there is no space for you, Austin Hooper. You will be a fine addition. You'll get some targets. You'll succeed. And I think you're a good addition for the Cleveland Browns. I think he's a guy that makes... Baker Mayfield better. Yeah, but not without, for fantasy. The yeah. top targeted tight end this year in Cleveland, guess how many targets they had? I have no idea. 27. Oh. That was uh, Demetrius Harris. Ah, had, of course. That Good was old the, Dimitri. The top targeted tight end in Cleveland this season, 27 targets. Yikes. And I, I don't love that. I Now Kareem Hunt's there the entire year. He's going to be targeted often. You're screwed. You got to hold him, at least for now, until you get some training camp buzz. Unless anyone's uh, excited about the move to Cleveland. If we ever have training camp buzz, because who knows what's going to happen in the next coming months. We do have a tight end that took Austin Hooper's place in Atlanta. Hayden Hurst was traded from Baltimore to Atlanta for uh, pretty much a second-round pick, which is just absurd because they got the same as... Houston got for DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and they didn't have to take on a massive running back contract who stinks. Um, but, yeah, so Baltimore gets away with a bad draft pick in the first round and just gets a second round handed we, to them. I Technically, we, I, I don't think we've seen enough from him to formally designate him a, a bad draft pick. Because let's be honest, like, he's been overshadowed by Mark Andrews. We haven't really seen him be the the tight end in an offense because he was injured. He had, uh, I believe, a foot injury to start off his rookie season. So, like, he's got the first-round draft pack, draft capital. Yeah, I think he can be fine in the right offense. He's Uh, old as hell, though. I know he is old. That's the scary part. How old is he, like 27, 26? He is 26, and for reference, he is three days younger than Mike Evans. Yeah, and I, I think it feels like Hayden Hurst has been in the league forever, but he was drafted last season. Yeah, yeah. with Lamar Jackson. He was drafted... Uh, he was drafted ahead of Lamar ahead Jackson. Ahead of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah, but I... 
Like, what does this mean for him? Because he... So everyone, not everyone, so I listen to PFF a lot, their podcast, and they brought up that Austin Hooper was so good in Atlanta because they used him right, and they put him in the middle of those zones. It's not like he can beat one-on-one coverage. He just, they, they just used him in the right way, and they got him in the middle of those zones and in those cushions. I think they could probably figure out how to do that with Hayden Hurst. I mean, so, that scheme. It, it, we have to also remember, it took Austin Hooper quite a while to be fantasy relevant in in Atlanta. So I don't know if we should we should just expect anyone that goes there to be fantasy relevant right away. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, he's a fine dart throw. He'll go super late in drafts, if at all. So someone to keep your eye on and redraft in the last round or in waivers uh, once that first week hits. But... Maybe. Maybe something can happen. Uh, We brought up earlier Hunter Henry was franchise tagged by the Chargers. I don't see his value going up without Rivers there. I mean, I I don't know what to make of his value. There's there's nothing to talk about his value until we know who the quarterback is. he plays with Jameis Winston, love it. Yeah, I like that. If they bring in Justin Herbert and stick with Tyrod Taylor this year, no. I mean, sure, whatever. But... Hunter Henry's name value will always go high in drafts that he's not going to be worth it. Yeah. Marcus Mariota signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. This is the signing of the league. <laughs> Does he have a shot to beat out Derek Carr this offseason? Can we just put these two guys in a ring together, Hunger Game style, and let them, like, duke it out until one of them... Uh, like Hunger Games, the other one, or they both Hunger Games each other, and then the the Raiders come in and draft a new quarterback. Okay, I I do think they should bring in even another quarterback. I I think Derek Carr, if the, if they go into the off season and it's Derek Carr versus Marcus Mariota, I think Derek Carr keeps his job. But I could see this being the type of situation that happened to Marcus Mariota last year. Like you get to keep your job until you show us that you don't deserve to keep it anymore. And now we actually have a backup that can come in the game and start games. We don't know if he's going to be better. Like they didn't know last year if Ryan Tannehill will be better, but he ended up being better um, with a change of scenery. So. I think that could be the same case here. Um, and if this is what they go into next year in a new stadium in Las Vegas with Derek Carr Ooh. and Marcus Mariota, have fun playing in a stadium with a ton of other fans. The, the fans of the opponent because, yeah, people aren't coming to watch you guys. Ryan Tannehill signed a four-year extension. Good for him. Uh, Derrick Henry got franchise tagged. We'll see how that plays out. We'll see if he, you know, holds out if he doesn't get that long-term deal. Clearly they're trying to make another go of it. Yep. So the Titans will be the Titans again next year that we saw late last season, or that's their hope anyways, is to keep building on that Super Bowl run. I think that's a really good news for everyone on the team. Besides Corey Davis, obviously. If anyone was really holding up that that next quarterback could finally make Corey Davis happen. And we know there's always somebody hoping for Corey Davis to happen. Yeah, and that's Stop. not going to happen. But really good news for A.J. Brown. Um, he got much better with Ryan Tannehill, which could totally just be a coincidence that he was a rookie and got better as the year went on. But I like this for A.J. Brown. He gets to keep his quarterback that he feels familiar with and keep growing on that. So, yeah, I, I like that signing, and uh, it'll be interesting to watch the Titans and see if they can keep up with that role that they were on last year. As long as Derrick Henry doesn't hold out, I think chances are pretty good. We, we, it's just nice that we know 
those pieces already. Like, we yeah. know what they look like. Derrick Henry should be a very early pick in redraft next year. Really okay. early. Top five? Top five pick? Oh, easily. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. easily for you. Where would he go? CMC, you would take Barkley over him, right? CMC, Barkley. Would you Michael take Kamara? Thomas. You would take Michael Thomas. I would probably take him number five overall. So you said easily. I said, is he top five? And you said easily. Yeah. Okay. So I he's mean, easily. He's, I, I think five. the order of them is debatable. <laughs> um, like, I, I'm looking at Alvin Kamara as a guy that, I, like, Drew Brees is back. He's admitted to not being fully healthy. Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think I agree with you. All right, moving on. Jordan Howard to the Miami Dolphins. I love this for them. Uh, I love this for both sides because Jordan Howard got a pretty nice contract. Two years, $10 million, $5 million a year. That's a decent sized contract for a running back. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, that's that's starter money for a running back. I, I think he gets plenty of carries in this offense this year. What about you? I I think he does, but I do wonder if he could possibly be setting the stage for. I I feel like they Miami can't leave this draft without. Yeah, they're going to draft. I think they draft a guy in the second or third round, but I think Jordan Howard, just like he did to Miles Sanders this year. Like, he gets the majority of the work when he's healthy. He's a guy that I, I like in best ball more than I, I think I would, at least at this stage yeah. in the season, I, uh, in uh, potential redraft. I think he'll get the goal line work um, like he did in uh, Philly. And now if a rookie running back goes there, it's a little bit harder to swallow, you know, drafting him. He really hurt Miles Sanders. Until Jordan Howard got hurt, Miles Sanders did not go off. And maybe now we have to be really pumped about Miles Sanders now that Jordan Howard's yeah. officially gone. Like, But they could always, like, bring someone else in. But I think, that, like, now, if Jordan Howard comes into Miami – and, like, we see Miles Sanders go up. Like, we, we know the trend with Jordan Howard. He just, he's going to damper anywhere that you are yep. you're going. He's good at, like, that's the issue, I think, with Jordan Howard is he's good when you use him. Like, he he was great in Chicago before Matt Nagy came in and ruined everybody's lives. He was great. Like, he was just a tough, like, he was a tough running back. Like, he's I think just, Jordan Howard's going to be one of those guys you can get next year in your drafts, kind of like he was this year, that's going to be a starter, and you can get him as the cheapest starter pretty much in the league. So he's definitely someone to keep an eye on. If you didn't already have him in Dynasty, it's probably too late now. Like, you're going to have to pay too much. Yeah. This is not the time to go buy him. Hopefully you did before or wait on it until people get, like, less enthusiastic. Wait until they draft. Yeah, exactly, and then go get them. Uh, Since he placed a franchise tag on A.J. Green. Okay. Hate it. Hate it. Hate it. Already clearly didn't want to play in Cincy. I don't know if he's going to want to play on a franchise tag. Like, he's already injury prone, playing on a franchise tag. Like, he probably wants that long-term deal. I think the issue for me is, like – you're holding this guy hostage. I I get the excitement and I get I get the Bengals wanting him there. Like they need to want, give him a couple year two or three year contract though. Oh, you need to like if, if you, you want to use him, want him for Joe Burrow to succeed as a young rookie or even into his second year, then pay AJ Green. That that's what I'm saying. Like you either need to pay the man or you're holding him hostage like if you're not planning on giving him a long-term deal, I, I just think it's sort of a 
it's a crappy deal. I, I hate this for AJ Green. Like, not every player can be the Larry Fitzgerald. Like, this dude's not been healthy. He wants to play football. Like, he wants to be good at football. Like, this is his sort of last chance. Like, Larry Fitzgerald, he's already, like, he's done all of it. He's been healthy. This guy, like, I, I'm i presuming he knows he doesn't have a ton, ton of time left. Like, let him go where he wants to go. Yeah, that's not how the NFL works, unfortunately. So we'll see how that plays out with A.J. Green. Hopefully they give him a contract. There's still time for them to do that. Maybe they're just trying to, you know, get some time here. But the issue, like, he They've had not- a long enough time. Like, last year he wanted an extension. They didn't give it to him. So I'm pretty sure they're going to try to keep him on that franchise tag. We'll see if A.J. Green actually plays or holds out. The issue is, like, does he want a long-term deal at this point? Like, yeah, it's know. already clear they're this is like a changing of the guard. I don't think he wants a long-term deal. I think he wants to go and play somewhere, like go play for it doesn't the Chargers. Matter. It doesn't matter because A.J. Green can't stay healthy and he hasn't been fantasy relevant in so long. I don't ever like talking about him because, yeah, cool, he's a good guy. <laughs> he was good at one time in fantasy. I'm not ever going to buy into him. If I'm if wrong and he's great, I don't care. If he's healthy, I think he makes whatever team that has him better. Yeah. So yeah, he can make an NFL team better. I don't care about him for fantasy. And we're a fantasy podcast, Kate. Devonta Freeman released from Atlanta. Irrelevant. They have a glaring hole at running back, so maybe Melvin Gordon could go there. Um, Melvin Gordon's an actual interesting fit, I think, for Atlanta. They clearly like to scheme in. I do think they passes to the running back. I do think they have a couple second round picks. If I'm Right, I'm not. I'm not sure, but I do think they have a couple second round picks, so they can hold off and draft a guy in you know this year. But I don't think any team likes to go into a draft knowing they have to take a running back or have to take a specific position because that's kind of how you get pigeonholed. And if they go into the draft with Brian Hill, Ido Smith, and Quadre Olison, or I know I don't think that's how you say his last name, but that's how I'm going to pronounce it. You gotta take a running back there then in the first three rounds. That's never good for a team. I think Atlanta has enough holes just in general on their roster that you have to wonder like, can you prioritize another position and maybe take Melvin Gordon at the fact that he is on a discount because we saw him hold out. We saw there be no interest in the Chargers when he did hold out. And then we saw him come back and absolutely tank. He picked it up at the end of the season, but, like, that's going to buy you a discount on him no matter what you say. And I think it makes sense to pay up, not pay up, but go get Melvin Gordon just because sooner or later, as the Atlanta Falcons, you have to be in win-now mode. Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. I mean, your defense sucks, so you're probably not in win-now mode. But I don't know. Atlanta really wasted a lot of talent on the offense. Drew Brees in the same division, which is probably a reason why Atlanta is struggling many years. (laughs) He signed for another two seasons with the Saints. Took a pretty, you know, friendly deal, team-friendly deal. And he'll be playing there probably for the next two seasons if he makes it that far. Cool. Yeah, very cool. All right, I think we made it through most of the signings. There was some we missed, but so many over the last couple days. 
not signings. We can't she just looked at me here. like, Michelle, they're not signings, okay? <laughs> <laughs> She's, like, so upset by the signings, not signings. But right now I'm calling them signings. Guys we're still looking for in teams, you know, guys that still need to find their homes moving forward. Jameis Winston, Robbie Anderson, heard nothing about crickets. Crickets. Well, they have no talked rumblings. about – you haven't heard rumblings, but you also heard about the fact that um, – you know, after Robbie Anderson came out said, like, I'm not taking a hometown discount, you've started to hear more rumblings that maybe the two are interested in coming to some long-term deal. He does seem to want to stay with the Jets, so maybe that's why we haven't heard anything. Why? Yeah, I don't, I don't know why you want to stay there. Uh, Melvin Gordon, we brought up Devonta Freeman. We'll see if he can find a home. Someone, I don't know, is anyone going to sign him? Emmanuel Sanders. There are bad running backs in the NFL. Emmanuel Sanders. Like, we haven't heard anything about him. And then Eric Ebron. I think those are the biggest names still left to go. Yeah. Oh, and Cam Newton. Don't bring him up. But he's not a free agent. We've talked enough about Cam Newton today, Michelle. Yeah. So still lots to talk about. We'll jump back on a podcast either later this week or early next week to talk about the rest of those. Anything else you want to hit on? No, I think that's good. Let us know what signing you're most excited for. Give us your thoughts on this free agency frenzy. I want to know more. Tell me all of it. All the, all the cool jams. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.